Now, Science Week is taking place from the 13th to the 20th of November with events running right across the country, both in person and online. And we're going to talk to some of those who are hosting different workshops, different classes, different activities. And I'm delighted to say the first of whom is Neve Shaw. Uh, Neve, you are very welcome back to Tech Talk. Just give me a bit of a rundown as to what you are doing uh, for Science Week. Well, I, I, it's always the busiest time of the year for me, Jess. And like, I, I have a plan to do something and then people go, will you do this? Will you do that? So it, it's ever expanding. But if I just give you a, a run through, the main thing that I'm working on this year is a return of um, a live stream show called Science Week Live. I've been working with TY students across Ireland, um, really trying to break down what science means for them. So more than just what they're learning in school, where does science come into their lives and um, lots of conversations and topics that they're interested in just naturally emerged and they're going to report on the science of of what they're interested in and uh, conduct interviews with some experts in that field and review all the different activities happening during science week that they're particularly interested in and the regional science festivals that are that are that are local to them so that science week live that goes out monday wednesday and friday uh, from 2:45 to 3:15 on the SFI YouTube channel we're very excited about that I'm just so happy with that lots of work and and some multimedia multimedia science communication delight so there's that um, and then um, I'm working with uh, the first Dublin Science Festival come here till I tell you um, uh, lovely Phil Smith asked me to um, to do a kind of in conversation with event with them and that's on Sunday the 20th um, I'm also then involved with Loud Science Festival you know it's uh, it's my local festival so I've been working with them all year on a number of activities and they're kind of coming to um, fruition shall we say um, uh, this this weekend and then next weekend. So one is that I've been working with a group of mothers um, whose children are in school and they've been kind of falling in love again with uh, their thirst for, for knowledge and information and they're going to be giving presentations on Saturday about one topic that particularly appealed to them in, well we've been, we've been working together since April so I'm, I'm really proud about that one. Um, I'm doing a, a talk on Saturday for Loud Science Festival at three, it's a family talk. I think it's sold out but it's no harm to tell people about it. It's a two o'clock in Dundalk Library and then um, in Talla Library on the 19th. Um, it's International Men's Day and you know a lot of what I do is, a pro- is about promoting uh, women in STEM and I just sort of felt you know we should also give thanks to the great men that uh, champion um, all minorities and, and all women in STEM so I'll be tuning in live via Zoom with two uh, great men that I know that work in the space sector that created a career for themselves that they left very ordinary jobs and they then decided that they wanted to be a part of space. So so that's quite a technical show for all the techies in Tala Library next Saturday at, at, at 2 p.m. And then there's more. There's school workshops and people ask me to visit schools. So I always do it this week and, and uh, it's just always an honour of celebrating science in all its forms. Yeah, so there's plenty there. If you didn't have your pen and paper, you can go to sfi.ie and you'll see all the events uh, and indeed the ones that Neve just mentioned there. Neve, I want to pick up on what you were talking about there, uh, the first one that you mentioned in relation to getting students to think about science beyond what's in their textbook because I was the kid in school that I was so interested in science, but I was always rubbish when it came to the exams. When you're engaging with the students, how do you get across that it's not a dull, stuffy, very heavy book, uh, book heavy subject in school? Well, I immediately tell them that this isn't about any of the books that you have in school. And I tell them 
that what you learn in school are sort of definitions and terms and the basic structure of if you were to pursue a career in science. Because it's kind of like, I feel sometimes the way I was taught science in school, and I loved it like you, Jess, but essentially we were learning grammar Mm -hmm. for, for science. So it was kind of like taking an English, taking the English course and only ever learning grammar and never being allowed read or watch a movie or write an essay or read a poem, you know, and, and we're so fixated on the, on the, the data end of it and, and the method that oftentimes we forget to remind people that science is everywhere. And so how I, how I kind of say that to them and that's kind of, wow, because then they realize this isn't about passing an exam. I talk about the things that they're interested in. I find out about their hobbies and uh, we start conversations that way. We, we play a few improv games. I use a lot of play and theater games to, um, to see what they're interested in. And, uh, you know, mental health comes up. Um, there's sports that they're interested in, social media, um, music, um, vaccines. Um, what else came up this year? Um, and they've made like science reports, but all of them. So, so one school is looking at the effect of music on our mood and our psychological state, which is fascinating. Another one's looking at the HPV vaccine. Another one's looking at, at future, how, how we as a species are going to adapt uh, in the future and, and will tech kind of become part of who we are? Like, so it's, it's effectively what's known as transhumanism. They didn't know that that's what it was called, but that's, that's what they were pursuing. They led all those conversations, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, I didn't, they, um, and also space obviously came up, you know, I mean, that's a given when I'm around, but, but there, I didn't ever say any of those topics. They, they said them. And, and they're the ones that came up. So, so we just started conversations and we, we Googled a few things. And I said, look at this and look at this. And some of them learn by video. Like I'm a visual person. So that's what I would always do. I would always Google something first and watch a video. <clears throat> and then I, would, then I would dig deeper then by text and stuff. Some of them are readers and some of them listen to podcasts. But they were all inspired in different ways. And, and I really didn't get involved. Once they decided what their topic was, you know, um, the TY teachers kind of stepped in and they made sure that they had a, a structure and, and a sort of some sort of um, analysis of what it is that they were trying to understand better. So they made amazing explainer videos and some of them did kind of, you know, like surveys or, or, or a, a sort of a, a critical analysis on the topic. And, uh, and, and incredibly, they're incredibly articulate. And once you give them permission to put science into their own lives, um, it the, the it just they naturally understand and then they're off, you know. And we did it last year. And, and the one thing they said they got the most out of uh, making the program with me was making the science reports that they hadn't really thought about sport in a scientific mm-hmm. way or, uh, you know. So we did the science of chocolate as well last year when we did. Uh, all, low, uh, mental health was a big one and what love was and uh, how that affects your body, your bio, you know, neurologically and then and then from a chemical point of view as well. So you just give them the freedom to take science out of the textbook away from an exam and empower them to just Google and explore and ask questions. Yeah, and I think that's the beautiful thing that comes when you engage students, you know, younger people when it comes to science. I had a brilliant biology teacher for fifth and sixth year in school. Her name was Inni Cahan. Her classes were always (laughs) about demonstrating what photosynthesis is, you know, getting a plant and actually showing how it works. And it does take your brain into another space when you can physically see it. These kids are realising that science can 
unlock potential problems or it can give them a greater understanding about solving issues beyond just this one science week and beyond just their school education. It's going into life as well. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. And it's it's because, it, you know, I think when you're in school, you're so used to being told what to do. You, you kind of don't think that a subject actually has any relevance in your life. And when you start to get them to see it, they're off. Mm-hmm. Like the social media one in particular, they realized that they could, you know, analyze like in a, in a sort of a scientific, using the scientific method, what effect social media had on them. So this year's um, uh, students um, they, uh, from, from the St. Louis and Dundalk, they were very interested in the impact of social media on your health, your mental health. And so uh, two of them, uh, one of them did, a, one of them just used social media in the normal way. One of them just stayed on it the whole time and the other one didn't, didn't use it at all. The girl who didn't use it at all said she felt calmer. She didn't really, like it, the first day it was hard, but then she didn't really miss it. And the girl that was using it all the time said, you know, she was, she really just didn't feel settled at any time and she found it difficult to sleep and, you know, she couldn't keep up with all the things that she was trying to do. And then obviously the normal one then was sort of the control. So, and they didn't really approach it. Like I, I wanted them to kind of take data and everything. And they didn't do it that way. They just literally just absorbed how they felt and then they kind of reported how back how they felt and we tried to put a little bit more of a of a scientific structure on that but mm-hmm. but i think it's 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 that connection between this is a theory this is a way of seeing information and then kind of relating it to this is the thing that you're interested in which requires a certain amount of learning so we're just asking you to look at that learning that you've had from a scientific perspective and i hope that it's a, it's um it's a way of seeing that science is in their life in, in anything that they do and that they develop their own own way forward about where science um, is for them in their lives. And, and yes, it's a media, you know, then it's also like subliminally helping them to overcome their shyness and, and realize like speaking publicly isn't as scary as it, as it should be. But it's also for the students that that aren't readers because mm-hmm. I, I do believe like, um, you know, that the state exams are, are skewed towards people that are readers. I wasn't really a reader. Like I was a visual person. Um, and so it's, it's to help people understand that, you know, uh, science belongs outside of the textbook and it belongs in your life. And just because, as you say, Jess, just because you're not an A student in science doesn't mean you can't say, Oh, sci- I was never good at science. That's the thing I want to eradicate forever. Yeah, absolutely. As I said, there's a full list of activities, not just for secondary school kids, but for younger kids as well on sfi.ie. And Eve, before I let you go, we have to talk about space. It wouldn't be an interview oh, with you yeah. if we didn't talk about space. Oh, yeah, um, let's do it. So obviously there was a lot of talk about space when the billionaires built their rockets and went for a little spin. Mm-hmm. Uh, has that overshadowed the rest of the work that's going on in terms of space exploration and understanding or is there still plenty more to be done? Oh, it didn't overshadow it at all. They're two completely different things. You know, one is, one is, um, you know, people who have their own dreams and their own ambitions to go to space. And that's fine. You know, if, if we all had that kind of money, you know, maybe, maybe we would, we would spend it that way, but they come and go and they disappear and they don't Mm -hmm. really leave a lasting impact because those expeditions are for themselves and themselves alone. They're they're not really about, you know, connecting with people. You have one exception that Jared Isaacson, who's genuinely trying to, he's genuinely trying to create, you know, intermingle or, or, 
co- uh, collaborate with the space agencies. Like he's he his group is the Polaris Group, and he's he genuinely wants to help keep Hubble going long term. So so he's unique, and um, and his team definitely they spend much longer training and everything. So he I think he he's he's doing something very interesting that might be more long lasting. But but I mean aside from that, there is so much going on um, across all the different um, space agencies. So what's going on with with NASA and the European Space Agency at the moment, of course, is the Artemis mission. It's now on the launch pad. Um, it's due to launch for the third time now on the 14th of November. Unfortunately, I won't be there, but I will be live streaming if people want to join me. Although today there was news that um, um, there's another storm coming, so they, they may have to delay it another few days. Um, you have that going on. So that's that's returning to the moon. That's like a 50 or 60 years worth of work right there. Um, already 10, 10 or 12 years into it. But, but you know, once we once we successfully launched that test, um, um, you know, Artemis um, uh, uh, rocket and and Orion capsule, then then we'll be able to move forward on that. You've also got like huge science missions like the James Webb Space Telescope. That's only still showing us what it's capable of, showing us comparison photographs between what the Hubble has taken and what it's now taking using um, infrared imagery. You've got um, all the satellites that are looking down on Earth, the Earth observation satellites that are constantly telling us where we are in terms of our climate, but also how to use that how to use that information for uh, businesses on Earth, but also for understanding how to take better care of of ourselves and and our climate. Um, you've got a plan then for for another telescope to come down the line that's even more powerful than than the James Webb. Um, we've got our AirSat launching in the next co- even just in you know in local news we've got the um, the first Iris satellite launching in early January that's been made by a bunch of, of postgrad students in UCD through the European Space Agency's Fly Your Satellite program. There is no end of inf- I wouldn't be able to um, <laughs> I never I, I never ever have enough time to talk about all the things that are going on in space. Well, so you we'll are, never run out of things. We'll never we'll have to have you on again and we'll just see how yeah. long out of the hour-long show we can just talk about all the exciting <laughs> things that are going on. It's always a joy uh, to talk to you and to hear the work that you're doing uh, in your own right, but also giving back to the younger generations to get them excited in science. Uh, Neve Shaw, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. Thanks, Jess. Now, another brilliant woman who has plenty going on uh, for Science Week is Catherine McGuinness. She's a zoologist, an educator, tour guide, curator, bit of everything. Uh, Catherine, you're very welcome to the show. What, what do you have lined up for this year's Science Week? Um, the week before Science Week, um, I'm taking part in the Cavan Monaghan Science Festival and I'm visiting schools for that. And then during Science Week itself, I'm in two different places. I'm in Dundalk County Museum talking about Leopold McClintock, the Arctic explorer. And then I'm down in Burr Castle doing something very different. I'm pond dipping with schools. Okay, I'm instantly intrigued. Uh, Tell me about the pond dipping. So the pond dipping, what we're going to do is we're going to look at ecology, what what the, the science of ecology is, why we study ecology, why we look at ecosystems, why we study the animals inside them, what the health of the ecosystem tells us about it, and then also just how to identify animals that we find. And we have a lovely um, pond in Burke Hasselman in, in the uh, gardens. So we, so we have a lovely pond area and we have a very, very safe pond dipping space. So we go down with our long uh, handled nets and we put them into the mud at the bottom of the pond and bring up all sorts of creepy crawlies and insects. And what age group of kids are we talking about here? So we're actually splitting it amongst 
a few different groups because ecology is part of the junior and the leaving cert cycle I will have some junior certs and TYs but I also have some primary schools coming in with me as well we were talking to Neve a few minutes ago about the importance of taking science out of a textbook and, you know, applying it in real life. And that really does apply to uh, ecology. I remember when I was doing geography for my Leaving Cert, our teacher took us out and we were looking at different rocks and we were looking at all kinds of everything uh, in a beautiful part of the world. And it really stuck with me. And it's, I, and as I said to Neve, the, the, those experiences of getting out and understanding that everything you see is connected to science really does make a lasting impact, particularly with young people. It does. And it's quite interesting because I had a similar experience in school. I always loved animals growing up. I grew up on a farm. So for me, if you wanted to work with animals as a grown up, you'd be a vet or a farmer. And I couldn't see any other option. And actually, when I was in junior search, our, our, our teacher, Mary Byrne in Eureka, in Kelton County, Mead, she's still there. Um, she brought us on an ecology field trip to Burr Castle, of all places. And uh, I did an ecology course. And the person, the, the guy who taught the course, he had done science in UCD. And after talking with him, I realised, oh, you know, science is not just a white coat in a lab with chemicals. It's 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 everything and it's all around us. And so it was actually, it was that, it was that field trip to Burr led me to do environmental biology and then a PhD in zoology in college. Looking beyond Science Week, and you've sort of alluded to it there, but this isn't something we should just be engaging people on for one week or two weeks of the year. There are plenty of activities and museums and tours that people can do, regardless of the age of the young person they're going with, or even as an adult as well. There, There are plenty of places to go here in Ireland if you are interested in science. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I mean, the, you got the different observatories, uh, like Dunsink and and Blockrock, and then you have the, the Lifetime Lab down in Cork. I mean, you have the the Natural History Museum and the Archaeology Museum in in Dublin, the National Museum. Um, you know, up you up in Belfast, W five is amazing, and and over in Galway as well. I mean, Galway Antiquaria, all the different aquariums around the country. There's there's so much you can do and see, and and they do workshops for everyone, and and a, and a lot of the workshops as well. Well, I mean, they're, they're they're very cost effective or, you know, they're free a lot of the time as well. It's just getting there. So, you know, and, and it's, it's it's just lovely to see in, in the last couple of years how everything has come on. And also that the last two years with the pandemic didn't slow us down. You know, everything just moves effortlessly online and, and that even made it wider open to a much wider audience because where maybe travel might be prohibitive for someone attending a workshop, you know, watching um, a webinar or taking part in an online course suddenly made it that much more accessible as well. Yeah, well, look, there is no shortage of activity over the coming days. You can head to sfi.ie for a full breakdown. Uh, Catherine, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk. You're welcome. Thanks so much.